Hello and welcome to another episode of the Army View podcast with myself, Jake Pointer, and our three handsome panellists, Thomas Fro, Owenis, and Mr. Stephen Bovey. Hello. Oh, hello. You may notice that we are missing our fearless leader again tonight, as after having three pints on Saturday in Perth, has come down with a serious case of canihakiitis, so is off sick tonight watching Coronation Street and his wee line onesie. Coming up for you tonight, we are going to say the word pumping so much that you're going to think we're doing an audio description of an episode of Fake Taxi as we discuss both the men's and the women's pumpings of the pesky Perth prick St Johnson and Glenifer, the armpit sniffers. We will also be joined by none other than Danny from the Dogger Saints podcast to talk about what meeting his podcast heroes felt like. And lastly, I will hand you over to Owen to play our brand new feature, Got Your Number, where we discuss and compare each shirt number throughout the years and compare them to the current squad. So take out your Almond View mug and fill it with Perth tears, get yourself comfy and listen to Livingston's second most successful ASMR audio experience with us here at the Almond View podcast. So on Saturday, the men's side picked up their first away win of the season with a 3-0 victory over St Johnson, with goals coming from Oden Bailey, Brucey Anderson and Scott Pittman. Now, I wasn't at the game because of working and being down in Manchester, but I hear that Povey, Tam and Liam had a right jolly with the Dogger Saints boys. So I'll pass it right over to them and talk about the game. Povey, tell us about your day. Yeah, I was so glad I went. You know, I was sort of swithering even even on the morning, um, and I, I was glad it was pay at the gate so I could decide on the day. But no, nah, I just decided uh, I'll drive up. I'll meet the guys and uh, met Sam and Dan from the Dogger Saints uh, at one of their wee man's. It wasn't even on Google Maps this bar, honestly. I have no <laughs> idea where they were taking us. Yeah, like Liam sent me the name of it. And when I put it in Google Maps, it was like Nigeria it was sending me to. I was like, where is this place? Man, even when I was driving into Perth, like down this street, I was like, I have no idea where it was. It was. It turned out it was like a wee bowling club, like a wee social club. I cracked at a bar, actually. And uh, I know, fair play, Sam and Dan, really good hosts. That was a uh, good crack. Uh, I, had a, I had a beer before the game and then we jumped in a taxi and got over there and uh, yeah, we were all, me, Liam and Thomas, we were just like, had no hope. We were just there for the crack really, but oh, what a game it was. It was unreal. Um, totally did not see that coming at all. Um, and yeah, it was just a brilliant, you know, we, we were saying the last time the three of us were at um, that ground was the Petrofac Training Cup final, which was yeah. obviously a class day. And uh, now nah, it was nice that, I, I, like, I was a bit worried that it would be, my, my that experience would be tainted by getting beat off St. Johnson. But no, nah, it was, uh, it was a brilliant away day. Man, went doing, and they had, they were selling like, uh, well, actually, I was really buzzing for this steak and haggis pie. But <laughs> okay. bloody person in front of me, I think it was Connor's dad actually or something like that. I got the last one. I was raging like so I had to make do with a steak and chorizo pie instead. Uh, I mean and then I mean what a substitute that is. 
Aye, aye. Although, like, could have done what we what we spin for it, like, because it was more like, like, like yeah, it was the rest. <laughs> soggy pie, man. Well, no, no, it was all good. Uh, so munching that, got an early goal, brilliant. Half time, tucked into my levy donut. Uh, I don't even have a sugar high. Man, it was like lemon and licorice or something. It was like the weirdest oh, flavour. Oh, really? Oh man, totally. Actually, Liam, uh, Liam had uh, like a bite out of his, and Tom, you, Thomas, you took the rest of it. I really did not like it. It was, it was. I had a wee sugar high from it as well. But now, nah, all in all, obviously, I let you guys like talk about the goals and that. But just the day out was brilliant. Um, and as I say, back to the pub with Sam and Dan from the Dogger Saints. Really good hosts. Uh, the, like uh, had another beer and then like uh, obviously like they had these like s- hot dogs and soup and all that for us. It was uh, so no, all in all, it was a really really good day out. Um, and yeah, just uh, when I've not seen us win, I don't think I've seen us win since we beat Ross County four one away from home. I honestly, I'm I'm trying to think of another away game I've been to. Uh, because of COVID, eh? But um, mm-hmm. nah, brilliant day out, and really, really good. Really, really needed. So we've been talking a little bit about losing our identity over the past few weeks. Uh, annoyingly, to kind of quote Michael Stewart, but I think he did have a point, especially uh, kind of with our intensity in midfield and kind of putting teams under pressure again. Owen, do you feel that Pittman kind of was the kind of catalyst for the change for this game? What What did you think about that? Yeah, I think I think probably that is the case. Um, we have definitely missed Pittman. But in saying that, even at the beginning of the season when Pittman was in the team, we were missing Pittman. We didn't have like the Pittman that we you know that we needed. So he must have been he must have been injured like mm-hmm. before he was out injured, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, once once Sibold and Pittman are back up to full fitness, it, Pittman played the full game as well on Saturday, didn't he? So he's, uh, he's yeah, clearly he still did. got the full ninety minutes in him, which is great. Um, so to have that midfield three of Holt, Sibold, and Pittman, you know, to give you that headache, and then with players like Omionga who seems to be settling in a wee bit now. You know that 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 give us that sort of identity, that midfield tenacious pressing identity back and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think looking at the goals that we scored, the the high pressing was back again. Mm-hmm. That we haven't again that we haven't really seemed it. It seemed like with the the prior games, it was just like a case of get as many of our players around the ball as possible. And it wasn't working, you know, because then you're drawing players out of position and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good to see us like back to what we normally did, you know, and and how we were successful last season and the season before last in the Premiership. Um, yeah, I think so. Pittman coming back in, I mean, his first name on the team sheet for me. Like, regardless, you know, even with his sort of reasonably... I wouldn't say poor performances, but kind of ghosty performances in the beginning of the season and even towards the end of last season. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just having him back in there, he's he's still going to be first name on the team sheet for me regardless. So having him back, 
obviously seem to be a massive boost. What I would say on that Pittman point is that that goal meant the world to him. You could just tell. Like yeah. his like yeah, that was a proper celebration. I think it was one, it was relief. Because the last time <laughs> yeah. the last time we were two 0 up against St Johnson in at McDermott Park, we bloody walked away with only one point, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh I, Lyndon Dykes missing that penalty, mind that game. Oh, so like at, like that third goal was just a big sense of relief for everyone, but more more than anyone for Pittman, you could tell um, and certainly that's the best I've seen him in a long yeah. time. Owen's point on the press as well is bang on. Throughout the whole game, uh, I was it was so good to have that identity back, wasn't it, Thomas? Like it was so good. Yeah, it was very very enjoyable. Good good to watch. Loved it. But <laughs> I mean, obviously, you get to the point of. Like that's been our plan A for years. What the fuck have we been doing? I maybe guess because of fitness, illness, too many games, not whatever. You know, that's that's what we've always been good at, and we really trouble teams with. Why don't we do it? And then we do it on Saturday, and then we get the victory. You know, what I mean, it must. It seems obvious, but obviously it's much more tricky than just saying that. But good that we've uh, got the guys now. Owen is having a little bit of technical trouble, so we'll just um, continue on uh, with Thomas. So Thomas. Tell us about your day on Saturday, because it sounded brilliant. Uh, but I was going to ask you what you thought of the overall performance of Bruce Anderson, because um, he looked to kind of play a blinder, and obviously it's got to start next week. Or What do you think? Yeah, so touching on, on Bruce, um, he was he was brilliant. He, he You know, the balls that have been criticising us for playing, getting the ball into the channel, he was chasing those and he was winning them. And I think it's because we were that much higher up the park when we were in the bowl. They weren't just kind of aimless lobs over the top into nowhere. They were mm-hmm. actually, they actually had a bit of something about them. And his battling for uh, the first goal in particular, you know, we got played into the channel. He brushed off Effie Ambrose like he was a little bitch. Um, <laughs> apparently, apparently Effie Ambrose could only take out his own defenders. Um Oh, the way he turns net. and plays, play, he plays the uh, the pass across the box. It was just so composed. He gets in the channel, gets the ball, plays that ball across the box, and Bailey puts it in. Yeah. Like it, he was, he was brilliant. He was doing what we wanted, probably wanted him to do, but just with much better execution, more from the passes. And then I think something that's kind of been missed because the second goal was a bit of a calamity, but it was such a good finish to take that first time. Hi, <laughs> you know. To, to, first to anticipate it, but to take that first time and put it in the bottom corner, it's a really excellent finish. It's quite far out, by the way. Yeah. See, yeah. see the photo as well. He's like a beautiful, like, a, a swan, I don't know, a flying swan or something, the way he's in the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's it's marvellous. And, 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 you know, that anticipation being in the right place, kind of knowing that we can latch on to a mistake because we need to get goals from mistakes. Defences are going to make dif- uh, mistakes in this league. Especially mm-hmm. when you play teams that are a bit lower down, so that we can take advantage of that. And the fact that we were clinical as well um, is is very important. Now, moving on to the kind of the day in general, what a day mm-hmm. it was! So I I started. Um, it was an early start for me as we were travelling up with Lovey GS to to play against uh, PSJ in Perth. <laughs> um, so PSJ, uh, yeah, yeah, I know it's brilliant, isn't it? So, <laughs> We were, we were a wee bit worried because they're usually quite a good side and when we rocked up to uh, Methven, to the Methven community pitch or whatever the fuck it was called, 
uh, the pitch was at a 45 degree angle um, which was interesting uh, the, the first half playing uphill wasn't very fun but uh, you know unfortunately uh, well no not unfortunately fortunately your man managed to uh, take us to 3-1 within 10 minutes of the second half starting scored a couple Come of goals on. you know got got man of the match so you know it was a, oh, a pretty good day you told me about that actually I've uh, not heard about that, that second goal maybe did you mention wow. that Oh, I, I don't think I've mentioned that one. But I've not made the the left back and, and dinked it over the keeper. I don't think I did uh, mention that. Anyway, I bet after a couple of pints, you didn't shut up about it. Eh? Nah. <laughs> Fair play, I mean, fuck it, why not? Play a blind and talk about it. Ah, oh, mate, I I was buzzing. I was buzzing. That's uh, that's six goals in seven games as well. So you know, it's, it's oh, going daddy. Well, you were probably the reason why Levy played so well. They must have said, "My God, if Thomas can do it, Brucey Anderson can do it." Eh? Aye, f- fucking exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, after that, a small fact, but I want to give a big shout out to regular listener Daniel Shaw for letting me have a shower in his house. What a guy! He, <laughs> he took us back to his his house in Perth and no uh, let me use his shower. So what a what a top bloke. Um, and then I met up with with Povey and Liam and uh, Danny and Sam and uh, and a few a few of their pals and had some lovely discussions. I think we were a wee bit worried before the game and I think they were quite confident before the game. Um, and uh, but they were they were brilliant. Uh, they were so good to us. Uh, all the boys that we met there um, were were so lovely. And obviously, you know, a couple of pints were had. Good chat. Uh, some interesting stories about the Scotland game last week, so you know it was all very entertaining. After the game, I too had a steak and chorizo pie, and I was actually quite impressed. You know, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the steak and chorizo pie. I think uh, I think that was that could be something to be added at Livingston. Uh, but no, uh, a wonderful result. It was great to watch us playing like that, and you know I just echo what Povey said. That Pittman celebration was brilliant, right in front of the away fans. Um, to see what it meant to him and the team and all the subs as well, kind of getting involved. That it seems that wee bit of togetherness that I've probably said we've been lacking seems to seems to be there a wee bit, and the boys seem to get together really well. Um, the away fans were brilliant as well. You know, good atmosphere. That's good, crack, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, yeah, all round fantastic day. Big thanks to uh, Dogger Saints boys for kind of looking after us, getting to the game. Getting us back after the game. Um, yeah, wonderful day. Wonderful day. Povey, big game next week up in Dingwall. Would you change the side at all? Uh, what are, and also a group question, what are we all thinking about what the result's going to be? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, I, I'd say Bailey, who I've been kind of given a hard time to in recent weeks, was absolutely brilliant and uh, against St. Johnson. I mean, I don't think I quite appreciated that how much at the time, but my God, he had a great game. So I would definitely play him. Uh, my my only thing is is like like even like uh, Montano, like that maybe that's the type of game that suits him. You know, uh, he was he played well. I, I, it's difficult because see that bench Forest for me still one of our best players. See when he came on. And like skinned a few of those boys. That would that that if he'd got that in the back of the night, that would have been oh, a peach. Um, oh I mean, I'm oh, I'm for starting him anytime. Sibyl's on the bench. My main man Kabaya. I'll go on to I'll go on to Kabaya shortly. His um, name, but, um, KBR. Thank you. 
Sorry, Jay's Jay my man. <laughs> uh, would I start? Um, would I start them? It's difficult. Probably would be tempted to get Sibs on, and I don't know. It's after a game like that. It's hard to. It's it's a good problem to have, though. It's a much better problem than we've had in recent weeks. Um, yeah, I I personally would like to see Sibs make a, a start next week. Uh, who for? I really don't know, but um, no, it's. Uh, it's certainly a good position to be in. I think. Uh, I think County. Obviously, the thing is, County can score. We can see that they got a couple of goals at the weekend. So, mm-hmm. I think uh, we just need to be careful. And we need to remember, St. Johnson were rank on Saturday. Um, if Ross County are up to it, we've got a really good game on our hands. Mm-hmm. We need to be right fired up like we were on Saturday, though. Um, yeah, I suppose it's more to do with how we play than who we play. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm what I'm getting at there. Um, I don't know. Anyone else got any points on that? I I wouldn't change a thing. Starting, I think those boys did, did very very well, um, and I think it might be a bit soon to like start like a sibled. I think he maybe needs some minutes yeah. under his belt. I think, you know, Povey said it and Martindale said it in his post-match presser. We're in so much better a position. Like, it's a really good problem to have that we've got all these players that are kind of knocking on the door. Um, and we've got players that can change games there as well. So it's it's a good position. But I, I would stick with the same starting eleven, um, And then, you know, hopefully... I don't think you're going to be gifted in a couple of goals like that, but if you... Uh, you know, you need to bring something creative on. You've got players there, Sibs, at yep. Forest, as Povey said. You know, plenty of options. And you know, you know, I echo again what Povey said. I think um, uh, Bailey and uh, Montana were good. Bailey was exceptional, was absolutely brilliant. Turning, running into space, playing the passes through. Um, his build-up play for the first goal was brilliant. So yeah, Owen, stick, stick or twist. Well, I mean, there's going to be changes anyway. Um, because uh, Penn Rice, he's away for an operation, so he's not going to be uh, around for a while. Um, so that's going to see Jacko come in at left back, which, of course, I'm utterly, utterly delighted with. Um, in terms of Montano or Montanu, I think I've heard his name pronounced a couple of times, so we'll need to maybe check up on that one. He didn't really kind of give us much, like moving forward and stuff. I think Alan Forrest. Like again, just from the highlights, I'm gonna again nod my hands up. I wasn't at the game, but just from the highlights and from what people were saying, Alan Forrest kind of came on and had a had a kind of decent decent go. I mean, it, it depends because I think Montano seems to be more like a defensive. Basically, he's a left back playing further up the pitch. So yeah, I mean, we haven't seen enough of him to make a full decision on Montano yet. I think, but again, to me, he seems more like a left back than an attacking winger. So for me, if I was going to make any changes, it would be on that left-hand side where, I mean, again, the, the enforced change is going to be there. With uh, So Longridge is going to have to play left-back. The only change I would make from that team then would be to maybe put Forrest in instead of Montano. But again, you know, those of you that were at the game have seen a wee bit more of him. Um, in terms of if he scored... 
No, I wouldn't change my opinion. I think, personally, from what I've seen of the two players, I think Forrest is a better player. I'd maybe even put Kabia in there. Do we think he played because uh, of Sean Rooney? Because Montano's more physical than Alan Forrest, and that's why they played a bigger guy on the left-hand side. He was at his old tricks again, old Colonel Martindale. <laughs> well, if he did, it was a stroke of genius, playing an actual like left back so I, I would probably say that would probably was the reason so just before uh we start talking about the ladies pumping of uh fart sniffer at the weekend uh Povey actually had an, <laughs> an incredible weekend not only on saturday he basically created a full episode of gary bowling at the deer park bowling in the space of about 20 minutes so um it needs no introduction so povey take it away and tell the listeners what they want to hear yeah so i was on a pretty random like work trip to newcastle tottenham game uh just i i literally could not give a hoot about english football in general pretty much but i was just like obviously went for the crack and uh i as as you can imagine beers on the way down Great day out again. Following that amazing day in Perth, it was a cracking weekend. But and honestly, like as I was walking in the stadium, like like scoring that goal, I was and having a great time. Pished, I thought, ah, oh, this is a brilliant weekend. As if it could get any better. Um, like at halftime, actually, it wasn't halftime. It was to be fair. Thankfully, that guy who had the heart attack, survived and everything. But during that big delay, um, I was like, oh, I'm going to get some tea down at the, the canteen. But uh, I was probably looking for a beer as well since they do that at the football. But then I'm right at the front of the queue. I'd probably been there a few minutes. And I turned around and who did I see? Bloody Jays. I was like, Jays! And then I ran over. I was like, fuck <laughs> this. this. This queue can get fucked. I'm joining the back of the queue with these boys. And who is it? Jay's Brian Schwake. Although I'm pretty sure I went up to him and I was like, Schwake, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Jack Hamilton, of all folk. And then I was was so pushed at the time. I I couldn't really. I was like, "Eh, and you're on loan at race. Man, it was Harrison Clark who's on loan. Hard, bro. <laughs> <Not even laughs> I think eventually like, I got corrected, but uh, so I the young team were out. I think uh, they were saying Jack Hamilton's a big Newcastle fan. So uh, I was, uh, I was g- good crack and um, fair play. They put up with my pish for about twenty minutes. Honestly, um, like they were asking if I was at the game, or, uh, and I was like, I. And then I was like, Jay's, like, I spotted you pointing. Uh, for uh, the third goal, I was like, I saw you pointing at uh, Anderson, like fucking square it, square it. <laughs> right, uh, it was, and uh, and then of course on Jay's, I was I kept banging on about his maw, like oh, <laughs> we love your maw. <laughs> so and a pretty tough time from the other lads about that. Like, um, man, Brian uh, Schwick was like, um, he mentioned our podcast saying about the. Uh, the chocolate Jack Hamilton's chocolate factory confirmed by Jack Hamilton. Yeah, that actually happened. So I was delighted about that because I was I wasn't really sure. Big Al who told me was not even sure if it was Jack Hamilton himself, but it has been confirmed. It was. It was just bizarre. Like 
been with like an Irish guy and a like, this big Yankee as well. Like it's yeah. like, <laughs> me just cut English accent and then me just cutting about pushed like and like not only not only does Jack Hamilton buy uh, chocolates to like people who don't have money, he he bought me a coffee. So absolute hero, man. That was like to top it all off drinking a coffee from the boys so absolute legends had a great chat with them and uh as i said to them get them played get them back and get them played that'll be that's our future there that's our future and they they love they love the levy man so that's it we love talking about pumping on this show which is funny when we are the biggest gimps ever and our own birds don't even want to pump us. But the ladies took the biscuit this week by pumping Glen Effer 11-1 at the weekend. I would read out the scorers, but we would literally be here until next week. So I'm going to pass you over to Tam, the ladies' man, to discuss the game. Tam, how do you sum up the game on Sunday? It was a thorough pumping. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, went 1-0 down early on, <clears throat> which, you know isn't isn't great uh you know maybe a bit slack maybe not in the game but it gave them the kind of the boot up the arse that they probably needed and after that they uh they just kind of the the women just dominated um they kind of showed the class that they've got throughout that team um they couldn't deal with the the pace on the wings Glenn, if i couldn't deal with the pace on the wings uh, a couple of goals in the first half from you know just getting the ball into the channel and getting the ball into the box uh from corners as well you know Levy have scored quite a few goals for corners this season and it continued. Um, but I think what the kind of the best part for me was was the football that they played kind of in the middle of the park. Yeah. Um, and it's probably something that they haven't been doing enough. Uh, moving the ball around, playing those short passes and creating the chances. Like some of the some of the goals, some of the like interplay between the players, kind of little touches, simple passes, but creating, you know, those good opportunities for the strikers and the strikers were putting them away, which is something I have criticised them for, for not taking their chances. But they they took their chances and, you know, I think that isn't because Glenifer are a bad team that they were doing that. or You know, they're, they're not a bad team, they're in that league for a reason, but mm-hmm. they, they, Levy need to be, like, need to realise that they can do that against any team in this league. Mm-hmm. If they settle down and play the football that they did, they they can do that against any team. They can pass through teams. They've got the pace and the power up front and out wide, and they've got the ability in the midfield to kind of keep the ball and open up those chances. And that's what they did for for quite a few of the goals. It was just brilliant to watch. Obviously biased, but everyone agreed with this week. I think um, Rebecca got player of the match this week, and it was thoroughly deserved. She got her first goal of the season, which you know you love to see. For the Amund View sponsored player, can he beat yes. it? And then um, a couple of assists as well. And you know, one of them in particular was an amazing pass, like over the top, just into the path. Um, I can't remember who put it away actually, but just a brilliant pass through the defence, kind of proper defence splitting pass. Um, and you know, I, I, she was delighted after the game. I think she's still buzzing off it to be honest because they just played so well, so good football. The there was no whinging, no moaning. It was just kind of everyone there together um, and kind of enjoying themselves, which is good, which is good, which is wanting to see after a few tough results. What's up next, for ladies? Who have we got next? So this weekend at home to Clyde, it's a 3.30 kickoff on Sunday. Uh, so everyone should get their RCs down to the Tony Mac 
to to watch them hopefully get another resounding win. Um, I'm not. I don't know too much about Clyde, so it'd be interesting to see. But I know they're not one of those teams up at the top of the league, or, or I don't believe so. So hopefully, you know, it's a good opportunity to kind of build on that performance last week um, and kind of take the three points because there was a few other interesting results at the weekend. Edinburgh City were beaten by Air, which really oh. tightens up the league a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of it's tight at the top. I think a few of them were a bit disappointed after the Edinburgh City result a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, thinking that Edinburgh City might go and run away with the league now, but they're showing a bit of weakness. Um, Air obviously beat Lovey last week in the cup, so there are no pushovers, but it really tightens up the league at the top. So you know, we're we're in for in for an exciting finish. So we are joined by our pal from the Dogger Saints podcast, Danny. Danny, thanks very much for coming on. How are you? Well, I've had a couple of days to calm down, and you know, I'm I'm still pissed off. <laughs> but I'm but I'm glad to be here. I'm all the better for being here. <laughs> Class. So, what did you? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of know, kind of roughly know the answer. But what was your kind of take on the game? Oh, we were fucking shite. Um, that's that's the general consensus of matters. But I thought Livy were very good. You are very good at that sort of specific game plan. Yeah. But it really, really depends on a scoring first and b ideally scoring first early which you managed to do on which you managed to do on Saturday perfectly so I was really impressed with um I was really impressed with Bailey actually on the wing I thought he was excellent and Saints yeah it was 11, 11 individual performances that ranged from pretty poor to absolutely dreadful and a yeah, a bad team performance. So, yeah, no complaints. I thought you were going to say ranging from pretty poor to F.E. Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> I've, weirdly, I've weirdly had to go the other way on F.E. Not gone the other way because he was a bit, he was fucking appalling. I mean, he was abysmal. <laughs> but there's so many people like Saints fans that have been waiting for this. He's had four or five good games. Mm-hmm. And they've like just been waiting until he has a little effy game. We were talking about this. Would we rather have having an absolute shitter, but then playing a blinder sometimes, than not having him at all? I think we kind of mentioned that, boys. I can't remember. We kind of said we'd probably still rather have him in our team. Yeah. Oh, we'd rather no. have him. I would. Anyway. Yeah. We were speaking earlier that we thought uh, Rooney coming off was a bit of a, a change in the game. What do you think? on that because we, we you know when he came off I think it allowed us to kind of press on a little bit more yeah I'm with you on that actually uh, Thomas I think basically he's basically been working the last couple of games with his theory of Rooney in it sort of right centre half where he's not brilliant anyway but he's there's probably more good than bad there and O'Halloran playing at right back which again is unfamiliar to him and I think somehow, and I don't really know how, but the two of them sort of on that right-hand side of defence work. And I, get, I, I couldn't tell you how because it's two lads playing out of position. But as soon as then Donker came on, who, that was only his second game of professional football, he played 90 minutes against Dundee and then came off the bench against you boys. And I, I just don't think he was that bad, but just sort of lost. It, there's a total route in them for once, sort of lost Rooney and O'Halloran 
this weird partnership that became a total sort of way in for your forwards and yeah it just looked it just looked weak but having said that none of the goal neither of the goals after Rooney came off one of them sort of came down that side but they were just both total not a calamities I just wanted to um, mention something that Liam mentioned about specifically about the second goal was it, I was I think he said um, on of course your own Dogger Saints podcast just for plug-in reason. It's really good. Get everyone, everyone. Yeah, go. but I mean, I've only ever, I've only seen it from the highlights. I, I couldn't be at the game. I think he said something like he doesn't understand how on earth the ball got into that position. Like we weren't putting any pressure on, and I was, I, I was like, I was screaming at my radio. It's like you're talking shite, Liam. We were <laughs> literally pressing. There was only one place that Liam Craig could have put that ball, and it was back to the keeper. It- Exactly that, and I've watched it quite a few times. Mainly to find out, mainly to sort of try and work out who I blame more, sort of Clark or McCart. But actually, it did come from a situation where Xander should have never ever got that ball by right. But as you say, the only place Liam Craig could go with it, there was no out ball because of the press, because you were pressing that high up. So he had no out ball. His out ball was back to Clark, who then. And even then, even then, I think Clark felt a bit harassed because he couldn't punt it. So he's had to go either out to the fullback or out to McCart. And he's basically just made a total bollocks of the ball, to be honest with you. But, I think he's been in two minds. I think yeah. he's actually wanted to try and play it. Was it Callum Booth that was at left back? Booth at left back, right. yeah. I think he was actually trying to just with the like the sort of trajectory of the ball kind of going behind yeah. McCart, and I think I think what was it, what Clark was actually wanting to do was maybe to actually try and get it out to Booth yeah, because there was no one around Booth from what I could see from no. the highlights anyway, and I think he's he's sort of been like that, and then maybe McCart sort of went I geez it here, and he's sort of been in two minds about it, and he's and he's thought <laughs> you know whereas what would normally happen punt it (laughs) it just didn't happen straight out now it was a typical sort of fives thing where you've not played it to the nearest man and then everyone else is marked so you just sort of kick it into space and hope for the best and in the end yeah you make a bit of an arse of it so uh, last question for me is I think you have Celtic uh, next weekend so I mean I think it's fair to say Saturday against us was a write-off. So let's not kind of compare it to that. So what do you think uh, you kind of guys need to do to get a good result? And bearing in mind, Celtic, you know, still leaking goals at the moment. Do you think as a Saints fan, you, you feel, maybe not confident, but just thinking about, you know, a result is definitely possible against us? I felt confident before Saturday. Um, but that's... I think, yeah, it is just a write-off because actually... Sort of in between the two international breaks, once we've been knocked out of Europe, which was, we had a slow start to the season with games where we really be expecting, like, I think we got two points from nine against County, Motherwell, and Dundee United at home and hobbled past our growth in the League Cup. And, but I always said the proof in the pudding was going to be once we're out of Europe. Because Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday was just, it was way too much for that squad. Mm. So actually, once we got out of Europe and in between the two international breaks, we were playing really, really well. 
were great against Rangers without reward. Um, should have got something at Easter Road and then were pretty good at, up at Aberdeen and played really well against Dundee, which are two wins. So it did sort of come out of the blue. I think they've just got to... If you sort of... I'm probably going to call it the misfortune to be involved, you know, to see a lot of Saints social media or Saints fan social media um, because you just think everyone, after the one game, it needs to be wholesale changes. It doesn't. It just needs... It needs to sort of settle on a back... It needs to settle on a back line. Rooney's out. So whether he goes with O'Halloran or Brown, I don't know, right back. He needs to settle on the back three because it has changed a lot, admittedly due to injury and Kurt leaving. We've still got Gordon to come back. So it will change again. But he needs to find a settle three like he did last season. Mm-hmm. Booth at left back, that's sort of fine. I think what I'm hoping for more from Saturday, and it's going to sound ridiculous, I'm not that arsed that we lose. I think what I'm sort of more bothered about, because I'm just basically I'm not expecting anything from Salik. I think probably what I'm more bothered about is just getting a performance in. Mm-hmm. Getting that sort of... Because we're all at sea on Saturday. The amount of... I mean, you, Jake and... Oh, and you're seeing the... Highlights of this, I don't know whether it came across. Thomas and Pover, you'll have seen it in the flesh. The amount of balls that basically Saints just the only thing to try to do for the entire probably after Rooney went off was ping it from the car out to O'Halloran, just massive diagonals. Which any sort of professional fullback worth the salt is going to read, it's going to be able to read after sort of the 25th time this is attempted. So I think probably what I'm looking for is just a bit more, a bit more from the midfield, and just a little bit more. We've not. I'm not going to come out and claim Chris Kane's the best centre forward in the league or Stevie May, but I think what they've lost a little. May's actually getting it back a bit. I think what Kane's particularly lost this season was what actually made him so good last season. And that is just to be, we know he's not going to score loads of goals. He'll pop up with a big, he'll pop up with one, like in a big game. And it's great. But game to game, he's not going to, he's, he's never going to score 15 goals a season. He's never, if we look at it against double figures. But, he can make himself a total pain in the arse for defenders. And then bring sort of the midfield into play. Which and the sort of wide players, so I think that's probably what I'm more looking for from Celtic is just to get back to what we know we're good at, what's what's tried and tested, and what's proven. Bit of solidity at the back, sort of be competitive in midfield, and then sort of basically have a centre forward bringing the bringing the wide players into play. We have got good wide players. We've got Glenn Middleton there; mm-hmm. he's an excellent player. Spoonie's been sort of playing in midfield recently, but I can imagine he'll go back onto the wing against Celtic because I think because I think we'll go five two three. I think we'll only go one up one up top. 
So, yeah, I think it's just... And obviously, the thing is, I want to put down... I'd like to just put down a marker against Celtic. A, because we've then got Hearts and Dundee United coming up in the league. So we're going to need to get some sort of confidence going into them because there's a real chance we could go on a four-game... Um, uh, four game, um, not unbeaten. Uh, four-game losing streak here. Also, you've got, got Celtic 20th of November in the League Cup semi-final. You sort of want to let them know that they're going to be in a, they're going to be in a game that day. So, yeah, that was a, it was a long way about going saying, that was a long way sort of saying, I think we're going to lose, I just want us to play well on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it actually sounded more like, basically, you know that you're going to lose, but you want St. Johnson to play like Livy. You're talking about Chris Kane there, and you're basically describing Scott Robinson last season to me. Like. <laughs> well, to be fair, Scott Robinson used to score the odd goal, but... Um, yeah, hashtag Martindale ball. There we go. We've we've officially turned St Johnston into Livingston. I knew oh, it would happen God. one day. Okay, we're going to move on to our new feature, which is called Got Your Number, which is actually going to be presented by our man Owen, who's going to explain to you what it's all about. Owen, over to you. Okay, so this new feature, Got Your Number, I'm not going to do it in a silly English accent, but Got Your Number is basically I'm going to choose a squad number. Um, so this week I've decided to choose the number seven. So our current number seven is Keegan Jacobs. So I've asked the guys to compile a list of their favourite number sevens. They've chosen one of their favourite number sevens throughout the course of Livingston history, but only when squad numbers were a thing. So it's only from time when we had actual listed squad numbers. So we're going to start with Tam, and Tam's going to tell us his favourite Number seven of Livingston history. On you go, Sam. So, I've cheated here because, you know, Livingston's best player of all time wore number seven for the season. Um, your man, David Fernandez, uh, wore number, se- number seven when he came back from uh, loan from Celtic. Uh, as, as we all know, uh, although I don't think we've ever talked about it, we may have won um, the, the cup that season, which, you know, quite nice. I think, I mean, you can't look too far past David and, and I'm sorry to the other boys that I stole this one because it, it's it's difficult for you but you know you look at his full time at the club he's undoubtedly the best player that we've had um, technically on the ball um, you know lovely man as well uh, but he was just he's just phenomenal you know I, you know we've, we, we talk about him all the time but it, he is respected by fans and peers alike um, I don't think we've had a five-a-side team a player of his era that hasn't contained him or where he hasn't been the first name. So, yeah, I, I think the best number seven in history, in Livingston's history, was our good friend at the Amonville podcast, David Fernandez. Did you see the the Amonville? Amonville. Did you actually do Stuart Lovell? Oh, oh my God. God. You oh, was, that, was that because I didn't do the English accent? so david fernandez is a good shout and to be honest to some of our listeners they might not even remember that david fernandez wore the infamous number seven shirt for livingston because obviously he's more synonymous with the number 10 so we're going to move on now and povey you're going to give us your favorite number seven to play for livingston well i'm going to go for the first time we actually had names on the back of our shirts. And our number seven that year 
was Barry Wilson. Big yeah, Baza. Yeah. So probably one of like, you know, one of the top number sevens we've ever had. For me, he he was the original uh, as I say, with with the names on the back, it was the original one that actually held that shirt. You could look, and I'm sure you're going to mention some like Charlie King, for example, who wore seven. I remember a lot, but like Baza, his number was seven, you know, throughout that era. Hence why you're saying about Fernandez there. Um, all we have to do is listen back to one of our earlier Amon Vale podcast uh, episodes where you can hear, <laughs> hear our interview. <laughs> With Barry Wilson to um to to just hear how big a hero he is, you know, um absolute legend, scored so many brilliant goals with us. Just yeah, he is arguably the best number seven that Livingston's ever had, in my opinion. I would agree with you on that. Uh, Barry Wilson was one of those players he could literally play in any position in front of the defence he could play centre mid, left mid, right mid up front on his own he was just an absolute baller and a quality guy for even coming on this Amund Vale podcast (laughs) and of course David Fernandez how on earth could I not have said that about David Fernandez David Fernandez no longer loves me and I'm not okay with that so lastly we're going to go to Jake and Jake's going to give us his favourite number seven before I do a little rundown of honourable mentions. So, Jake, who's your favourite Livy number seven? Well, the boys have completely thrown me under the bus uh, by naming two two of the most incredible number sevens ever. But I do have an incredible number seven, someone a little bit more recent who was very influential in our championship season, getting us up to the Premiership. Who would also be no other be Josh Mullen, who is an absolute legend in my eyes, and I'm sure uh, you will agree that um, he is great. So great number seven that year. He played um, 28 matches in in the league, three goals, eight assists. His assists been not a surprise with that right foot that he's got. Incredible crosser of the ball, incredible link up play. I think he was brilliant. Um, it was the last season, obviously. Things didn't quite uh, work out, and it's a shame. And I think Povey still cries in his bed every single night as we miss him. So, uh, bring, my him number seven, <laughs> bring him home. <laughs> my number seven is going to be the the championship Josh Mullen, as it obviously we know his number changed a little bit. So, yeah, my number seven is Josh Mullen. Is that another good choice? Um, Josh Mullen. I don't know if anybody caught the Hamilton Partick game. I mean, it was hilarious to watch Hamilton get absolutely humped. Uh, sorry, sorry, pumped on Friday, um, but Josh Mullen put in just, Josh Mullen doing Josh Mullen things, basically, on Friday night, putting in a wonderful cross right on David Moyle's head, boom, goal. I mean, that's just what Josh Mullen can do, even in a shite Hamilton side. So I do have a wee list of honourable mentions for the number seven. I think uh, some people will be saying, why have we not uh, mentioned them? Hassan Kashlul, of course, the best amateur consultant slash part-time football player that I think we ever had. And to be honest, I don't even think he was part-time. I think he just showed up. (laughs) And then he did show up. Uh, So Hassan Kashlul, of course, wore the number seven. Richie Britton wore number seven in our SPL relegation season. Um, I only remember this because Liam has his shirt from the last game that we ever played in the SPL before we got promoted back up, of course. Um, Stephen Boyack, 
Nope, didn't think so. Uh, and no. some might remember that Scotty Pittman also wore the number seven for a season or two uh, when Burton O'Brien wore the number eight shirt. But, of course, the Honourable Mentions, Povey mentioned, of course, Charlie King, uh, absolutely fantastic player. Um, but for me, the the only number seven there is, I think we mentioned them, and certainly Colin Young mentioned them when we had our interview with Colin. Grant McMartin, uh, as always, number seven, Grant McMartin, was, is one of my very earliest memories from ever being at a Livingston match and hearing Colin saying, and as always, number seven, Grant McMartin. So, uh, so those are your Livy number sevens. If you've got any other number sevens, let us know, or even just let us know who your favourite ever Livy number seven is. Won't be Stephen Boyack. <laughs> certainly, fucking won't be Stephen Boyack. Fucking another Hearts dud that we got. Stephen Stephen Boyack playing just behind Jamie Mole at front. <laughs> Oh wow, what a squad, man. <laughs> I mean, that squad is getting you zero goals. So, just before we finish for another week, I'm sure you've all seen the shocking news about our number one, Daniel Barden. So, we just want to say that we're all behind you, Daniel, and it's also an important message to all of you to make sure you are checking yourselves regularly and there is no shame in going to your GP about any concerns you may To quote John Ward, Check your RS McCalls. So, thanks again for listening. Remember, you can listen to all our old podcasts and all your favourite streaming sites. And I also think we still have mugs available, so make sure you get one of them if you fancy a brew. All the best. Forza Livy, and see you all next week.